Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill so Here we go and welcome to another episode of SolarCast It's your boy Pastor Chris Hernandez and with my man Jimmy De La Santos How you doing Pastor Chris? And Pastor Henry Knox Hey, what's going on y'all? What's going on Pastor Chris? Hey, what's going on, brothers? What's new with you guys? It's hot, <laughs> and it keeps uh, it keeps raining, and the sun keeps coming out. So it's like a sauna everywhere. It's crazy. Did y'all see that 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 meme being posted around saying, uh, "For all you newcomers to Texas, we're just preheating." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, it's man, like, it's just yeah, it, it's, it's just going to get hotter. Yeah. yeah, it's just. I mean, like inside my garage, I have to open my garage because it's just it's smoldering in that yeah. in that garage. It's different though. This time it's like a humidity. It's like yeah, yeah. Something's going on with uh, the rain and the heat. Yeah. And it's just it's just nasty. I mean, you don't even want to go outside these days and, and cut the grass. You're even willing to pay uh, Jose or what's what's the what's the <laughs> what's that meme that you you said this pastor? What was the guy's name? Uh, the last name of the uh, guy? What's, what, what's his name? Smith. Uh, He's a yeah, Smith. Rodriguez or was it? Oh, his last name was Smith, but he put yeah. Rodriguez yeah. on the truck or something like he, that. He because... goes, yeah. Why is it, why is the truck say Rodriguez? He goes, you, you're gonna trust your lawn to somebody named Smith? <laughs> like, that's just wrong. <laughs> you know that re- that reminds me of that one guy that was out uh, cutting his uh, cutting his own grass on a, on a, on, a, on like a little tractor mower kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, in his own house, really nice neighborhood, big huge house, and uh, somebody pulls up and says, "Hey, how much?" You know, like same thing, same thing from that thing. We wasn't. This is my house, man. Yeah. This is my this is my house. <laughs> I, not, I'm not working here, right? And so uh, yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of funny the the stereotypes kind of things that 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 happens there. But hey, I am going to. Uh, Ambassadors Academy this next week. Just want to throw that out there. This is going to be, this is going to be Rodion's first time. This will be my third time going awesome. uh, to the Ambassadors Academy, and this is kind of why we're recording uh, one week out, right? Yeah. And so you know everybody doesn't know that, but we're recording. We usually record the Saturday before we drop the next Tuesday, but this is going to be like a week and a half out. So I don't know. Is this is this subject going to be outdated by then? No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, this subject is a perpetual subject. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. What is the subject then, Pastor Chris? We're going to do a segue. Do you want to do a segue? Well, I guess we're doing it now, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a man's segue. job to mow the lawn. I mean, it's a man's job to trim the hedges. There you go. I mean, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, a man's job. Way, that's a good way to start. Yeah, Pastor Henry. <laughs> Man, don't let your wife cut the grass. You go cut the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wonder I wonder if you would ever um, you know take your take your car in to get the brakes uh, changed out you know, you know hey I need new uh, new brake pads and you know the rotor and all that good stuff and there's yeah. a woman there's a woman mechanic would you go somewhere else <laughs> 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 that's terrible that's going to get me in trouble yeah right? oh my goodness so, uh, <laughs> are you saying that you 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 went somewhere else before no I'm just saying oh, if, okay if you okay. went somewhere. And then you notice that the person about to change your brake pads. I, I, I mean, can just see on. Jimmy getting getting out and right back in his car when he sees a woman <laughs> in his drive. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, think about it, because if you don't have brakes or if the brakes don't work properly, yeah. you you die, right? Mm, like, yeah. this, is yeah. the, this is the issue. And so uh, I'm getting myself in more and more trouble, man. Let's just yeah. go to the subject go. matter. <laughs> well, um, we just uh, finished wrapping up the... Uh, SBC convention. So a lot of people, a lot of our listeners 
might not be aware of what's going on in the SBC. Uh, they might not be part of the SBC, but some are. And the SBC, you know, if you're not in the SBC, you're wondering what's the big deal. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal because it is the biggest uh, denomination in the United States. It's, uh, it has uh, so many uh, members in it, so many churches in it. And it's one of the last conservative, we would say conservative-leaning denominations out there, where, whereas most denominations in the U.S. have gone, like our mainline denominations, have gone pretty liberal you know, ordaining uh, women and, and uh, you know, open to gay marriage and so forth. Right. Whereas uh, the SBC is 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 one of the the final major, uh, you know, denominations out there, you know, holding its ground. So it is a big deal when things in the SBC happen. It kind of affects other, you know, even the outside uh, denominations. So uh, we wanted to talk about some of the events that happened there, specifically, uh, you know, with the whole Rick Warren thing, right? So Rick Warren was a part, I didn't even know this, that he was a part of the SBC. So Rick Warren and his Saddleback Church were a part of the SBC. And it, it so happened that last year sometime, or maybe it was early this year, the executive community, committee of the SBC uh, went ahead and made a motion to uh, remove them from cooperation and from yeah. friendly fellowship because they were they had female pastors on their staff. So the stance of the SBC, according to the Baptist faith, the message is that pastors must be males, right? So a pastor must be a a man, not a woman. Yeah. And because Saddleback had some women on their staff, the executive committee made a move to go ahead and disfellowship from the SBC. Uh, Rick Warren and Saddleback Church began to make noise and, and said they were going to appeal uh, this decision by the executive committee at the convention. And which left it up to the messengers, all of the messengers from different churches. Uh, Pastor Henry, you were a messenger last year. You went to uh, to the convention. Yeah. So every messenger that that went to the convention got to vote on whether uh, to let this uh, stand, whether to let this decision to uh, kick Saddleback Church out of the SBC stand. And uh, we'll get into that on the, the, the workings of that. But I just wanted to set that up uh, with what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about kind of what Rick Warren was uh, putting out there, because I think he was putting out some confusion about what we truly believe as complementarians. And then we're going to reiterate, you know, what we do believe and what we do, where we stand when it comes to women preachers. Now, we've done an episode uh, on women preachers before in the past, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a long time ago. So I think it's a good time to revisit it, especially in light of what's going on in the uh, culture at large and even in the churches today. But Jimmy, you have the, uh, the results of the convention vote there. You want to go ahead and share that with us? Yeah, sure. Um, for Saddleback Church, I mean, they, they, the votes were overwhelmingly in favor of their expulsion. Uh, 9,437 votes for expulsion while 1,212 voted against expulsion. Uh, so that's those are over, overwhelming numbers. Now, they weren't the only church on the block. There was another uh, Baptist church, Fern Creek Baptist Church, yeah. that was also on the block, and, and those votes were uh, 9,700 to 806. And so overwhelmingly, we see that the conservative leaning that the SBC has had is still there. And there's still quite a, quite a few people that uh, do agree with our, our stance that, that women are not called to be uh, elders, overseers, or, or what the scriptures actually teach us is that um, that office of overseer, elder, um, is to be held by by man. Yeah. Um, and so I thought those, when I saw the votes, I was like, wow, that is overwhelming. Uh, that is truly a, a huge number. And I, I thought to myself that, well, good, I'm glad that they, they took a stand uh, where they should. And there's a lot of places where we don't take a stand, but I'm glad that they did here. I also, there was a video that Pastor Robert sent to us uh, that I watched, and it was very interesting because, I mean, just to start off the conversation, in these denominations where 
they have allowed women pastors, they have changed things and said, hey, okay, women pastors are allowed. It didn't take long before you started ordaining homosexual pastors yeah, or, or pastors of the, you know, LGBT stripe. So uh, the, 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 the churches that the denominations that he named in that video were the American Baptist Churches USA, 1985, they started ordaining women, 1999, they started ordaining uh, homosexuals. Hmm. The Episcopal Church USA, 1976 to 1996, the ELCA, 1988 to 2009. The PCUSA, 1956 to 2011. So there is a consequence. So the United Methodist Church is the, is the most recent ones. Yeah. Uh, 1956, but uh, just recently in 2016, decided to start ordaining homosexual pastors. And so the, 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 the thing that that tells us is there's a slide. Once you go, once you start going down that slide, it's a very slippery slope. And so it's a good thing, I think, that the SBC as a denomination decided against um, what basically is, you know, a woman pastor thing. Expulsion of, of the uh, Saddleback Church was a result of the stance that was taken on ordaining women pastors. Yeah, I think I think this was definitely historic uh, for mm-hmm. several reasons. But um, also, like, it, it seems like it's a clear pattern. It's once once a convention or a or a association or a denomination lets go of the inerrancy of scripture, then you quickly see from from there it flows into female pastors. And then from female pastors, they accept homosexuality or their sort of, you know, uh, LGBTQ um, uh, affirming. Or whatever, then the slide, and you see the sort of slide to ordain these individuals. And it goes from not affirming scripture to affirming everything else. And that's the problem is that when you start with the inerrancy of scripture and, and you do not affirm that, you will eventually slide and affirm everything else because there's nothing else to hold on to. You have no found, found uh, no, no clear foundation of what your beliefs are without, without scripture. Yeah, no, and another thing I think we, we, we can mention here is that there was an, also another amendment that was put forth by Mike Laws, the, the, it was going around as the Mike Law Amendment, uh, where, you know, we want, he wanted to make clear, uh, this messenger wanted to make clear the, the stance that we have uh, as Southern Baptists and, you know, in the Southern Baptist or in the Baptist faith and message. The amendment reads like this. It, it's in uh, Article 3, Paragraph 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wanted to include this. Does not affirm, appoint, or employ a woman as a pastor of any kind. Uh, now, that's key because I think what Saddleback was saying, and, and this was their defense, was that we are in line with the Baptist faith and message because we our pastors that are on staff that are women are not the lead pastor. And what the Southern Baptist Faith and Message or what the Baptist Faith and Message believes or is saying is that the lead pastor can only be men. So this amendment that says, you know, we don't affirm a point or employ a woman as a pastor of any kind kind of takes it a step, step further. It makes it a little more clear that we don't believe that women should be or hold the title of pastor of any kind in the church. You know, so in other words, uh, just because you have a, a male pastor 
you you're, you don't have the right to have a on a male lead pastor. You don't have a right to have someone on your staff who's called a a women's children's pastor or youth pastor or whatever like that. So they wanted to make it a little bit more rigid in the amendment, and that passed too. I don't know if you have the numbers there, there, Jamie, about that, but that passed overwhelmingly too. I think it was a yeah. two thirds. Uh, vote so uh, now this one has to be uh, it has to be voted in the positive it has to be affirmed uh, twice in a row so uh, this was the first kind of step next year if it gets voted uh, it gets affirmed again by the messengers um, then it will go into the Baptist faith and message and, and it will kind of amend what it says there and make the word wording a little bit more clear yeah. pastor of any kind yeah yeah I, I saw the numbers but I didn't take them down into into my notes I I did uh, think about one of the things that it's saying there, and, and you know, Baptist Faith, the message today says, while both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor, elder, overseer is limited to men as qualified by scripture. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that, you know, as we get further into the conversation, I think one thing to be thought about is that we're not saying women don't have ability. We're not saying women don't have, I don't know if you want to call it a gifting or a talent or something like that. This is more about obedience to scripture. What is what does scripture say? What is what does the Bible say? What is what does it tell us that that we you know we're supposed to do? How's the church supposed to run? Yeah. And I think that I think the scriptures are clear uh, when it comes to it. Uh, everything should be done decently and in order. And and there there are places in the Bible where you know First Timothy chapter three, you're going to find the qualifications. You're going to find the information needed for the qualifications of an elder. And uh, it's hard it's hard to look at that or to go read that scripture and just say okay, well. It says he, and it says husband of one wife. It says these things, but we're going to go this other way because we feel like they're, they're talented. No, see, the problem the problem isn't that they don't have, you know, the ability to speak in public or maybe even to teach. And Pastor Chris, I think you said something before we started this. My mom taught me a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? My mom was a good teacher. I, I enjoyed some of what she would uh, teach me about the word of God, but the scriptures are clear. When it comes to women pastors in the church holding, you know, authority over men, yeah. and, and there and there's a reason for it. Uh, Paul lays it out, right? It's because uh, the man was created first, and it was the woman that was deceived, um, and this is why. And so, ultimately, the the question isn't a question of whether or not a woman can. The question is, are we going to obey Scripture? I, I think the question is more or less should it's it's um. It would be just as absurd to say, you know, can the woman hold the office of a husband? I mean, everybody in their right mind who's, who's thinking logically and biblically and understands words and language and context of what a husband is. No, she cannot hold that office. She's a wife. She's a woman. Um, and I, I think that I don't know. Th- th- this this is just very encouraging to me because amidst the confusion, it is um, very encouraging to see that there are Baptists, there are Christians who are holding fast to a foundational belief in scripture, first and foremost. And then from that, we have the foundation to be, again, for faith and practice. And I I think, again, I I just go back to the, I just go back to the inerrancy of scripture. It's like, once you let go of that, then everything goes because who gets to interpret, who gets to judge? And, you know, I I think that we have thousands of years of history saying that man is not good at judging uh, morality. So just to say, you know, what Pastor Henry is saying, because I think that Rick Warren's not coming from the same place. Yeah, he's not. He's not looking at the scripture the same way, because uh, this is a quote that he, that he said at a new at a news conference this is what he said. There are people who want to take the SBC backward. 
Some people want to take it back to the 1950s. That's their golden age for the church. The 1950s, get this, when basically white men rule supreme and the women's place is in the home, and there's not a lot of diversity. So when he says the words diversity, and he's talking about basically white men rule supreme, yeah. this, sound, this sounds woke to me, right? Yeah. This, this, this sounds like he's listening more to the culture, the woke culture, than he is opening his, the scriptures and, and coming from scripture. So when I when I think about what Rick Warren has done in the in the last few weeks, and I, I when we went through the history of tweets, I went down his his history of tweets. There was a, a part where they said, "Hey, the SBC is not letting me communicate with them within the their, their communication thing." So I'm going to throw it out on here on Twitter. Uh, I'll see you guys later. But right now, I'm going to devote my time just to throwing and blasting these yeah. these ideas into into Twitter. It was a, a crazy couple of weeks, and uh, I think that <laughs> I think that his tweets. His tweets went off the off the charts. I think uh, with a he has two point two million followers out there. Yeah, when I saw no, that, I Rick like, Warren, man, let's be honest, he's a big deal, man. He's absolutely. probably the, the, the yeah. biggest selling author, Christian author that that there was, right? Mm -hmm. And that purpose driven life, man. So countless. That's like next to the Bible, right? As far as what, what I understand, is, as far as the sales. Uh, so yeah, it's it's he's a big deal. So when he starts speaking and tweeting, man, he he's making some waves of his own. You know what I want to do, guys? I want I kind of want to reset the argument in case there's anybody out there not following where where we're coming from and what we mean and where we stand. And then we'll get into. I got a question I just want to throw out to you guys, and we'll get into some of Rick Warren's tweets. I guess if, we, if, we, if you guys want to, but yeah. what we're saying in, in the foundational text, I guess where we're coming from is going to be found. Jimmy kind of threw it out, but let me just go ahead and read it. First Timothy chapter two, uh, verse eleven. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissive submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. So, um, you know, this is in the context of this whole this whole chapter here where Paul is talking about the the orderly, orderliness of the church and, you know, what the church should be doing and in, in, in when they come together. And in that context of the church, he is saying that the women should not have or exercise this authority over a man. And they should not teach, right? So there's that. That's where we're coming from. This is where we we base kind of our our view and where we get our foundation of what we believe when it comes to men's and women's roles. And and if we take a step back, what we mean by complementarianism. When we mean when we say we're complementarians, and some people, I, I know, and this I don't want I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I know some of the high patriarchal guys even have a problem with complementarianism because they say it doesn't go far enough but that's for another discussion i'll put that to the side but uh for the sake of argument what we mean when we say complementarians we, we mean that god had cre has created men and women equally in the image of god but has created them for specific roles in the church and in the home right so in the home the man is the one who, you know, provides for the family, who leads the family. The woman is the one who who tends to the home, who submits to the man. And and there is a yes, there is a mutual submission there, but they have different roles. Despite what the culture is teaching us, there is a distinction between men and women. And we yeah. see that right in the very beginning. This didn't come. Here's another argument. This came because as a result of the fall. No, it didn't. If we go back to Genesis and we see the creation narrative, we see that Adam was created first. And this is the argument that Paul is making here in this text in, in 1 Timothy 2. Some will say, well, when Paul says that, he's talking about the culture. The culture was different then. So when he said, do not allow a woman to teach, that had to do with the culture that they're living in. No, uh, Paul makes the argument. He continues. He says, right after he says that they must remain quiet in the church, he says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor, right? So Paul is grounding his argument 
this argument that in the church, men are to lead and teach and exercise authority. He's grounding that argument in creation. So these roles are not a result of the fall. This is God's ordained order of humanity. And it's a beautiful thing. Anything that God creates, we say is a beautiful thing. He has designed us specifically for specific roles and tasks. There are things that that, that men cannot do that women can do and vice versa. And there's nothing wrong with that. Our culture has taught us to think there is. Our culture has taught us to think there's something wrong. We can't all be equal and do the exact same thing. But when we look at creation and the way God created us and our distinct roles, there's to function beautifully and, and wonderfully because he is a good God and he created it this way. So this is where we're grounding our argument, grounding in scripture. We're, we're saying that this is what we believe scripture teaches, that in the church and in the home, men are supposed to be the leaders, they're supposed to be the ones who, who are exercising this authority, and the women should also do the role that they have been given by God. So let me throw this question out there, guys. So does that mean, because Rick, we're hearing some of this from, from Rick Warren's uh, rhetoric, does that mean that women cannot teach men anything? Can a woman, let me just throw that out there, can a woman teach men anything? Yeah. That's Chris trying to get us in trouble, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm on the worship team at Ecclesia, and, and I tell you who's a better singer than me, right? That that would be Pastor Henry's wife, Sister Nicole, right? And so I'm always looking at her to ask her questions about, you know, how, how do I do this? How do I do that? What can I possibly do to make my, my singing better, right? She's gifted in that area. Uh, so, of course, I'm going to look to her and say, hey, you know, teach me a few things about singing. Um, in the same way, I think, you know, I, I have I work for a woman boss. Right. And uh, at work, uh, within the confines of my work life, she understands management. She understands how to manage people, uh, which is a, you know, a goal of mine that to someday be a people manager. And I'm looking to her and see to see how she supports me and you know when she's my boss but she supports me she she's helping me out she goes to bat for me she does this she does that i see the way she manages so it's it's not like i couldn't learn from her right she's also one that that asks for my opinion what what do you think how do you think we should do this and so we collaborate more than we uh more than she's like my you know my superior she is my superior uh she does my evaluations every year Right. But in, in, the, in the same way, I think that she's she's teaching me a lot of different things and teaching doesn't necessarily have to be, um, I guess, a classroom setting or something like that or a lecture hall or, or, or something like that. Uh, I can always learn, uh, like I said, uh, different things again to to Sister Nicole's, you know, uh, uh, teaching me how to sing. I really appreciate the way she, you know, she shows me a few of the things that she's that she knows better than I do, right? So I would say, yes, I can learn from, I can, I can learn from a woman. I think it's different though, when it comes to leadership in the church, right? And what, uh, what's, what's expected of, a, of an elder, an overseer. And there's a reason I think that when we read that scripture that you just read, um, because the woman was deceived and became a transgressor, there's a lot to that within the church because he expects elders and overseers to watch out for the wolves, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but I, I, when it comes to the wolves, the shepherd needs to be ready, and and I don't know if a shepherdess is going to be able to protect the flock the same way that a shepherd would. Pastor Henry has been doing a a series on discernment in, at the church in the in the bilingual service. He's been doing a series on discernment. Uh, discernment. I want to say is I feel like this is going to get me in trouble, but I, a lot of times I can discern when a when a salesman is telling me just what I want to hear. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Whereas, whereas I've been around people that say, "Oh, it sounds it sounds good." And I'm being specific about women. I've been around. Oh, it sounds good. I, Mom, put the uh, put the ad down. Let me tell you what they're doing here. <laughs> right? So it's there's a discernment that 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 comes with what we do because we don't want to get, I guess, conned. Uh, you know, my mom has asked me about ads that she's seen for cars in the paper and things like that before. And I said, Mom, let me let me just explain what's going on with this with this real yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, I hope that makes sense. I'm not trying to make discernment not something that a woman has, but you know, we understand the cunning of man, right? Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I think that I mean that you're right in line because I, again, I, I think it's I think it's biblical to understand that we have different roles, but we also have a proclivity to sin differently or to look at things differently. I, I think I think it's biblical. I think you can make a biblical case for that. That's the reason why in that same chapter in Timothy. Uh, you know, he 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 makes it clear that these men who are to lead the church should not be brawlers. Like we are not UFC fighters, right? So when you talk about fighting against you know wolves or whatever, he wants us to be sharp in the mind and don't and don't be belligerent people who are like fist fighting, who are causing sort of sort of trauma in that particular area. Why does he say that? Because it's scientifically proven that men get their anger out through you know, natural forms of aggression, typically fighting, fist fighting, et cetera, right? Violence. Um, that's why we see a lot of male violence in different pockets of our our our, our country. And they're in the and, and they're male dominated, right? But what does he warn 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 women and women about? He tells the widows who don't have anything to do to not be idle. And he goes forward and talks about young widows. Hey, you uh, you you know if you can't sustain yourself you should be married. Let the young widows marry, and don't be what busybodies. Don't be gossipers. Don't be talebearers, tattletellers, etc. Why? Because there's a tendency for women to get their aggression out through talking, through venting, through you know just having conversation because they're more emotional creatures. Uh, well, I, I guess I wouldn't say more emotional, but their emotions are are sort of guided in in different aspects in different areas. And this may be anecdotal, but. You know, when you look across the landscape, I, I, I and I, I, I think Pastor Chris, you know, the reason why this argument always pops up is because let's just be honest: as life gets softer and more peaceful and easier, whether it be workplaces, look, I mean, we're we're podcasting in different areas right right now. Life is easy, you know. what I'm saying we have, you know, we have cell phones. We can order DoorDash now. I mean, it's like really, really convenient, right? So when life gets easier or a society gets uh, modern, this argument comes into play. Why? Because it seems like we are equal. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, a, a woman can hop on Zoom just like just just like a man can. We can all get on social media and talk and do the things we got to do. We can work from home so we can do do the exact same thing. But it goes back to creation, because when a when a Russian Ukrainian war breaks out, you know, the women and children get to go on the bus and get transported somewhere and the men have to stay. And the, and, the, and, and I, th I think that's likewise with the church. When you look at debates across the Christian, uh, Christ, Christian, Christian spectrum, there is nothing in scripture that says women cannot debate or should not debate. But when I look at debates, I'm looking at debates from all men. I'm not seeing many women in debates because I just think that anecdotally, and I think it's proven, but this is not a woman's space or forte to just constantly have that 
that intellectual fight, right? We can definitely learn things from women. I was raised predominantly by uh, women. Wonderful things they can teach the young women. Uh, they can guide them uh, to help guide their homes better, et cetera, et cetera. But there is a role, you know, just like there's a role in everything else. I mean, I mean, you can't have a, have a lineman trying to be a quarterback because the team will not function properly. So, yeah, where, where, where this confusion is being thrown out from Wick Warren and his uh, and his view and what he's saying and what he's spreading. Uh, there's a tweet here that says, let me just read this tweet. I, re I read it to Jimmy before the show. And he has a picture. When I'm reading this tweet, picture this picture of a, of a I guess it's his grandmother of a nice old lady just sitting there. And it's just a picture. And this is what he what he says. I truly feel sorry for men who deprive their souls of learning profound spiritual truth from godly women, hindered by their belief that no woman can teach them anything. Grateful for my grandmother, mom, wife, sister, daughter, and books by sisters in Christ who taught me so much. See what he's doing there, guys? He's creating this, this false view and saying that this is what we're saying. This is what we're teaching. We're teaching that we can't learn from anybody. We can't learn from a grandmother. We can't learn from a mom because right. we are complementarian. And we're not saying that. What we're saying is that when we look at Scripture and when Scripture presents these roles for qualified elders in the church, it, it says that they must be men. And, and that qualified is important, right? Because not just any man. It has to be a qualified man, right? There has to be a man who, who is qualified according to Scripture. And man is, yes, man is part of it. So that's what we're saying. We're not saying that all women need to be sidelines. Like some of the, these are some of the arguments I'm hearing that we're depriving women of the gifts in the church, that we, we're saying that you can't even use the, the gifts that God has given you or anything like that. So uh, I think there's there's kind of a, a misconception out there that we as Again, complementarians, if you don't want to, if you don't want to use that word, that's fine. But if we, we hold to this view that the pastor, the office of the pastor is reserved for males only, then what we're saying is that women cannot do anything. They can't teach anybody, anybody, any, anybody, yeah. anything to anybody. Uh, they can't use any gifts that God has given them in the church because we just want to sideline, sideline them. We want them to, to sit there and not say anything and let men do all of the work in the church. But again, that's not our argument. Our argument is when it comes to the role of overseer, of shepherd, of elder, Scripture seems to be clear that this must be fulfilled by men. That's what we're saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor Chris. Like, I, I just got to say this, and I don't want to turn this into the Rick Warren podcast, but but it's like, <laughs> it's like <clears throat> everything that I've seen from Rick Warren on his entire Twitter, Twitter feed has been appeal to emotion. He's appealing to emotion. Right. This goes back to what Jimmy's saying. And this is the reason why I, I believe I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is why I believe men are placed in positions of authority, because when you walk on a car lot, I know I, I, I was a salesman. Right. You know who in the relationship when you walk on, you know, area, you're going to go after the woman because she's going to be able to convince the man. And this I, I mean, I'm sorry to say it like this, but this goes back to the garden. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, like she ate the fruit. Because she was sold a bill of goods that they will not surely die, and she desired the fruit and then trafficked it to her husband. I I'm I'm sorry. Like women's roles is not a result of the fall; it's a result of creation. Because woman was taken out of man and then given to the man. Mm -hmm. But there is a proclivity for us to have different vices, and I believe that sometimes, most of the time. Women can be convinced of things because, you know, they're, you know, they're more of a, of a like, I'm, I, 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 I think it comes, it comes from a good, good uh, place, but also too, you have to discern 
whether or not this is found foundational belief based upon scripture, or is it sort of an appeal to your emotion? And I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think that Rick Warren is being very um, effeminate with his appeal to emotion, because when you want to convince somebody, we convince people from scripture and he's appealing to all emotion. Hmm. Yeah. You know, um, when it comes to what Paul says, the apostle Paul says about, uh, you know, the thought process of the mind, because let's be honest, we've been in emotional situations, right? We've been in places where, uh, you know, I've been in churches that they drum up the emotion, right? And you know what? For a time, I thought this is the way it's supposed to go. But, you know, I get to that scripture where Paul says, I would rather speak five words with my mind than 10,000 words in a tongue. Right. And I read that scripture and it goes to a lot of different things. It goes to it goes to this area where we got to think through what what's going on. And so uh, a lot of this driven by emotion thing within the church uh, isn't something, you know, that, that, you know, you see a lot of grappling within, you know, the most of the theologians that we uh, that we follow from church history have been uh, men who see these things from a certain perspective. It wasn't for Martin Luther. Where would we be right now? And he was a he was in he was in a a male dominated industry uh, to this day Roman Catholic priest hundred percent male <laughs> right so there there are other there are other jobs see this is the thing about this particular overseer elder pastor kind of thing the desire remember we go back to Genesis chapter uh, chapter three yeah your desire your desire will be for your husband and he will uh, lord over you or be lord over you. Uh, this 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 idea there there are industries out there that you know because it's not emotional or because it's not uh, authoritative women women don't even touch those pilots are a ninety seven percent male dominated industry uh, bricklayers appliance repair technicians crane operators ninety eight point six percent male dominated heavy vehicle mechanics ninety eight point six male dominated roofers there's not ninety eight point nine percent uh, male tool makers, 99%. Um, electric repairs, 99.1%. Electric, uh, electricians, uh, truck mechanics, bus mechanics, 99.3%. Cement masons, to what you were saying, bricklayers, 99.3%. So, automotive technicians, what I was talking about at the beginning with the brakes and stuff, 994 It's a male dominated industry, but, uh, and lumberjacks, 99.8%. Right. Mm. You think about the you think about these these particular industries, but you, you don't see women, you know, trying to claw their way into those positions. I mean, that's because of sexism and the patriarchy. Uh, oh my goodness. It's not it's, <laughs> it's 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 uh it's what they would say, right? It's what they would say, but you know, uh they're not they're not out there clamoring. It's it's the same kind of argument that they had when it came to the WNBA needing to be paid the same amount or the, the soccer. The soccer teams need to be paid pay the same amount. The argument is just simple, right? If there were more fans in the in the in the seats, you guys would get paid more. But not even not even your your own gender will go watch a, a WNBA game. They don't even know the names of the of the of the players. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, it, it is it is one of those things where it's something that they see that they want and desire, right? This is going back to Genesis chapter three, mm. right? And because because I you know I want to dominate, I'm going to go against the word of God, even though it says this one thing. I'm going to go ahead and 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 try to you know push my way into that position.
So let me, let me ask this question, guys, and I, I'm going to get you guys in, in a little bit even more trouble. This, this, whole, this, whole, this whole episode is going to be you know, getting us in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> can, can women evangelize? Is it okay for women to be out there you know, evangelizing, sharing the gospel? Uh, are we saying that because women can't teach, they can't teach men in the context of, of, of the word of God, isn't evangelizing a way of teaching somebody? I mean, you're throwing out scripture when you're evangelizing, you're, you're pointing people to the way. Are we saying that women can't even evangelize? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think the call for every Christian is is to go out and share the good news with with, with other people. I would just say that the way we do it might be different. Let me put it to you this way. I've been out evangelizing with with women before. Uh, where when we come upon a park, I've been to a park before to two evangelists. Yeah. I don't approach kids by myself. I want a woman with me, right? I wouldn't approach, you know, any kind of teenagers or anything to hand a tract out or, or start a conversation if I didn't have a woman with me. That would be awkward and strange, right? In the same way, I don't think a woman would want to approach or shouldn't want to approach a, a, a man don't know what's think what he's thinking in his mind, but it, it would be better if you went in pairs. But I think women can evangelize, and I think they do the best evangelizing to to young women when they do have an opportunity to to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's that's evangelizing, and I think for the most part, you know, women to women is is one of those things that what they're called to do. Right? We're called they're called to teach uh, the young ladies. Uh, well, let me church. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let me just kind of press it a little deeper here. Okay, I know, I get what you're saying. But I'm I'm a woman. I have a, a coworker here. You know, uh, I'm not a woman. Don't, let's delete that part out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, a, we, the, we get yeah, it. yeah. There's a, there's a woman. There's a, a male coworker here. We work in the, the same proximity. She shares the gospel with him. She she points him to you know Romans the Romans road Romans three she she Romans six she she presents the gospel. She's teaching him. She's sharing him. He comes to faith. Is there something wrong with that? No, I mean, I would definitely say absolutely not, because the person is sharing the good news of of, of Jesus Christ. Um, how, 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 you know, I mean, I think you can point to several areas in, in Scripture. I know people make arguments on the other side. You know, Priscilla and Aquila. You know, you know, you had you had Apollos. He was he was preaching. He, he was he was preaching the word of God and the law of God, and uh, and probably the prophets of God. But the Scripture says that he needed to be you know, made aware about sort of the details of Jesus Christ more clearly, right? And Priscilla and Aquila, they sat down with him and they and they they sort of expounded upon it. And she was a woman. Um, so, um, I, you know, I mean, in terms of sharing the gospel, I mean, how would a Christian, any gender, hold back from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that is able to save, save somebody, right? Um, I, I, and and I've, I just appeal to scripture, I believe within the context of scripture, Paul is talking specifically about the corporate area of worship and talking about the order of how a church should be uh, aligned. Um, he's not talking about sort of an everyday thing or if you're in your household or workplace or whatever. Yes, share the good news of the gospel because we are supposed to, we are commanded, we are commissioned to share this good news with every, with every creature. Um, now, when it comes to like Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy said, Methodology, we can argue for days about methodology. I'm not a fan of having women like by themselves or a group of women standing on top of a box yelling or whatever. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, I wouldn't say there's, you know, I, I think there's a fine line, but definitely in the area of evangelism, when we approach women, when we approach children, 
And also, too, you know, you know, because women are women, they can appeal to different arguments that maybe I can't even appeal to or maybe I'm not even thinking about. Right. I have blind spots. So. So, yeah, I mean, I would take no issue at all with a woman sharing the gospel with a man um, or even teaching a guy because it's not in the context of corporate worship or the order of a church. So I would have no issue. So to your example of in the workplace, you know, sitting in a cubicle next to next to my coworker, uh, if that morning I got up and I prayed, um, Lord, lead me to it and I'll do it. Open a door and I'll walk through it. Give me someone today that I might share the good news with, that I might share and, and introduce them to you. Uh, first of all, if, if God's the one doing the work, by the way, he is the one saving. It isn't, it isn't that this woman saved this guy. Or, or he was the only one. I also, also, this is my experience on the streets. I'm not the only one evangelized, right? I, there have been so many times that I've been evangelizing to someone and they'll tell me, yeah, uh, my dad's always telling me these things. Or, you know, I, I've got people, I've heard this before. I'll even ask the question, have you heard this before? And they'll be, yeah, I don't know how many times. I'm saying at some point you got to <laughs> say, how many times has God got to slap you in the face before you, you wake up and realize uh, but it, God will use, a, a, you know, one plant, one waters. God gives the increase. God will use evangelists all over to bring someone to faith, right? But it is God that's doing the saving. And all that a person is doing when he, when he or she evangelizes is being obedient to, the, to God's word and saying, you know what, I'm going to share the good news of Jesus Christ with whoever he opens that door for me with, right? If God opens the door, who are we not to walk through it? and just uh, obey, right? But that's a, that's a different thing. The Great Commission is a different thing than, than saying, hey, who's going to teach in the church and, and take the pulpit? Uh, because, again, I don't think that um, even when I evangelize, I'm, I don't have authority over the people that I'm evangelizing, right? Uh, I'm not their authority. They don't know who I am. Most of the time, I'm a stranger on the street. I'm just a guy on the street that wants to share good news with people. But I, I am not in authority over them. And I think this is one of the distinctions that needs to be made because the scripture yeah. is clear, right? Yeah. No, that's that's where yeah, I think that's what we're trying to say. There's the distinction, right? We're talking when we're talking about male only pastors, we're talking about order in the church. We're talking about the way the church of God is supposed to be set up according to to God and, and according to his word. We're not talking about sharing the good news. We're not talking about, you know, uh, opening up scripture, sharing scripture and teaching the word of, I mean, and sharing the word of God. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of egalitarians appeal to, you know, this text in Matthew 28, where let me just read it after the resurrection. Uh, he is not here for he has risen as he has, as he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. So that, that is the women that went to the tomb. Remember they, they went to the tomb yeah. first and they were told to go and tell the disciples who were males. Women were the ones who actually spread this. I mean, this is the good news, right? They're, they're sharing the good news to men. So a lot of egalitarians will appeal to the scripture and say, see, women can teach men. But again, the context here is not in the local church. The context here is not the order and the structure that God has set set and laid down in the New Testament. This is not the context. The context here is the Great Commission. The context here is going and telling and spreading the good news. And we're yeah. not saying that. We're not saying that women should not spread the good news. And in fact, we encourage women. I mean, I'm a pastor. I want the women in my congregation opening up their mouth 
to whosoever to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Proclaim right. it. How will they hear without a preacher? Women, go for it. You, God has gifted you with gifts to, to use uh, in the church, out of the church. Use your gifts. We're not telling you to sit on the sidelines. All we're talking about here is the ordained role of men and women in the church as laid out in the New Testament. That's what we're speaking of. And I think people like Rick Warren trying to confuse this and trying to, like you said, trying to appeal to emotion is not helping the, the the case any right final thoughts my final my final thought is 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 this i think that um when it comes to this particular subject with the times that we live in right this is a very touchy subject and i think what it really calls to and this i've had this com- i had this conversation yesterday with someone is is what is the enemy doing right now and how many lies is he spreading across this this country the world right uh, what does he get in the culture to believe? Because this is actually just more of a, a morality stand, right? Like a virtue signal, right? I'm for women, and so therefore I am good, right? I'm not not for women. I'm sitting over here. I'm not not for women. I'm just saying the scripture says one thing. I want women to flourish just as much as I want men to flourish. The problem is that you that you that you stray away from scripture, and 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 you get away from it, and you say, okay, but the culture is saying. That I need to be pro women, and this is this is what Rick Warren is doing. To me, it's a huge virtue signal showing out to the world. Look how good I am because I support women in these roles. But you're straying away from Scripture, and that's the issue. You're not being obedient to the Word of God, and that's my issue. Uh, ultimately, it has to be our authority. What is your foundation? Where do you where do you stand? Do you stand on the Word of God or not? And I think I think it's good that the the SBC voted the way they did. I think it shows something uh, that we uh, that we value the Word of God to the point where we're willing to the for the culture to see us as anathema. Yeah, yeah. we're hated. We're hated because of our stance, and that's gonna that's gonna have to be fine because we have to stick to what the scriptures teach us. I just want to say, save Adam and Eve. No human being would be here without a woman, right? God has ordained that women have the ability to bear children. And I'll just read Isaiah 9, 9, 6. It says, for a child is born to us, excuse me, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, a son. And that son is Jesus Christ, right? But he was born by born of a woman, right? But the text doesn't say the burden and the weight of the governments shall be on her shoulders. It says his shoulders. So our federal head in the beginning failed. He was a man. But our federal head in the end succeeded. And he is a man. And he has so ordained through scripture, through the apostolic doctrine, that we we should not ordain women to be pastors. And so I hold and I appeal to scripture and I'll leave you with a little colloquialism. Burdens are meant for shoulders and not hips. Yeah. <laughs> burdens, hold on. Burdens are meant for I gotta write that one down, Pastor Henry. Man, yeah. Burdens yeah. are meant for shoulders. Shoulders and not hips. I <laughs> <laughs> no, really want to get in trouble. Okay. Good, Go good stuff, guys. Yeah, I just want to close, man, and saying, yeah, <laughs> w- w- what we're saying, and just to reiterate, is that we believe that uh, scripture, from from our understanding, is, is pretty clear on the order of the church that men 
are to lead, men to, are to exercise authority. But in saying that, are, no way are we seeing that women should not be using their gifts that God has given them in the church. I think that the church functions best when everyone is using their gifts, when, when, when men are using their gifts, when women are using their gifts, and when we're all together fulfilling the Great Commission. So again, don't misunderstand what uh, we're saying. Don't don't believe some of the caricatures out there about what we believe. This is what we believe. We we kind of laid that that out. What we believe, where our stance is, and where we get it from Scripture. But we are also saying, and I'm also saying that men, women are a vital part of our congregations. I mean, look at most churches; they're made up mostly of women, and that's and that's saying something for the men against the men. Men need to step up. Men need to right. you know get get in the game, man. So the women are leading the way as far as church attendance, and and that shouldn't be the, the thing, man. Men sh- men need to step up and 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 fulfill their role in the church Amen. and in the home. Amen. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. If you got anything to share, anything to add, any pushback, make sure you reach reach out to us. You can find us on our social media sites, www.thesolacast.com. You can also find us on Instagram at thesolacast. We're also on Twitter at sola underscore cast. And you guys are at? I'm at Los Jimmy. And I'm at Knox Broadcast. And I'm at C Hernandez 214. Also look for the page, uh, the Facebook page, like it and share it. Also check out our partners at the Bar Podcast Network. You can find Find out uh, some more information at thebarpodcast.com. Also, you guys, uh, the, the G3 conference is coming up soon. If you haven't registered, you can mention, still use our code. You can mention SCG3. And oh, you can G3 get is G3SC. I'm sorry. I wrote it down wrong. Okay. I'm sorry. There you go. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for correcting me, brother. Uh, okay. G3SC. So G3 Solicast SC. And you can get, what is that? 30% off? 30% off. 30? Yes. 30% off? Yeah. yeah. And you can get 30% off your G3 tickets. Again, that's coming up. Uh, what is that? September? S- September, the, the third week of September 21st, something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's coming, it's coming pretty quick, man. Yeah, within we're within ninety days, man. So like it's time it's time to get your tickets. It's time to start yeah. the planning. Get your get your plane tickets. Get your uh, rental cars. Get your whatever you're getting, man. We we've got the plan down. Uh, there's going to be like twelve of us going. So pretty yeah. excited about this trip. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, and sir. and if and if you're listening to uh to this, and if you desire to go, just understand that hey, you know. 30% off is a lot. Like most people, most places give you 10% off or 5% off sign up for the email, blah, blah. This is 30% off, which is, uh, that's a steal. And I am appealing to your emotion right now. Yeah. And Jimmy, Jimmy <laughs> is going to have an autograph table from what I understand. You can, <laughs> you can get in line to get an autograph from, from Jimmy from Solar Castle. Make sure you I'm not, I, 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 my autograph is worth absolutely nothing, bro. <laughs> I, absolutely nothing. But I will, I will say there is a Hearts for the Lost booth that's going to be there, and uh, we're going to be talking to people about, about what we do. And I, I do believe there's going to be some giveaways and things like that. Brian Nine has a whole bunch of ideas coming up. Uh, so there will be a Hearts for the Lost booth that uh, I'll be there once in a while. I do want to see some of the speakers, though, this time. So I'm not going to be there as much. as We've got a lot of guys coming out to man the booth, by the way. So the team is up to nine, including Rodion. Rodion has become a part-time member of hearts for the loss he came to our good. last uh, event in yeah, buffalo good. yeah well yeah looking forward to it and if you're in the dallas area you're looking for a church to visit if you live on the north or east side make sure you check us out at www.ecclesiachurch.org south the west side www.redemptivecity.org but anyway until next time let's get to the meat yes sir let's do it okay i just made this beat right now i'm mc goya okay listen I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. 
I'll put you in a box like a gato Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco Jay thinks he runs Christian hip-hop He wears white socks when he wears his flip-flops And he looks like Shook Knight I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight It's not music but clothes that he started I can find better shirts in a flea market Okay Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, Rat and Grace is full of slackers